0: welcome to the keeping the nostalgia live show where we interview athletes coaches entertainers artists musicians authors and many more on both our podcast and youtube channels we discuss their upbringing careers and what they're doing today we document the past so the future can remember please like follow subscribe and share our programs Got a guest you'd like to hear? Contact us and try and get them on the program. We have over 200 episodes recorded, so please enjoy. Stories can't be remembered unless they are told. Someone asked me one time how I get my guest ideas. It's easy, those I've had memories of in my lifetime. In a weird sort of way, it brings closure to certain times in my life. A history major at Indiana State University, I feel it's my way of preserving history for future generations to remember. Welcome to the program.
1: Tall and up right with them indiana boys on an indiana night the keeping the nostalgia Alive show is proudly brought to you by the hoosier basketball academy
0: want to improve your game and be an elite athlete hoosier basketball academy located in the heart of hoosier hysteria provides an excellent opportunity for student-athletes to improve their basketball skills. Their goal at Hoosier Basketball Academy is to provide an opportunity for young athletes to reach their full potential and allow them to compete at the highest level. Using their training model, they believe a solid foundation of fundamentals and muscle memory training is critical for the development of elite basketball players. This can only be achieved if you are mentally tough, have a strong work ethic, and are willing to sacrifice countless hours needed to be the best you can be. The Hoosier Basketball Academy offers high-intensity basketball training focusing on small groups and individual attention needed to improve your game, as well as specialized training and drills done at game speed to push you to your limits and improve overall physical conditioning. One of HBA's goals is to improve the skills and abilities of each player trained by focusing on ball handling, proper shooting mechanics, speed, agility, and footwork allowing you to take your game to the next level. This training is for players that are serious about improving their skills. Hard work pays off and gives you the competitive edge and practice that carries over to games against your biggest rivals. In addition to offering training, HBA fields highly competitive travel teams with many teams qualifying for nationals each year. Visit HBAelite.com for more info. Be elite and train to be the best. Welcome to Keeping the Nostalgia Alive, the Indiana Basketball Memory Show. I am your host, Billy Powell. Today with us are the proud parents of not one, not two, but three Indiana Mr. Basketballs, Steve and Lori Zeller. They also have a book out called Luke, Tyler, and Cody. Raising Boys the Zeller Way, and we're going to chat about that today. Guys, thank you so much for spending some time with us and sharing your memories of, uh, of your kids and, and, and also telling us about your book. You're welcome. And thanks for having us. No problem whatsoever. Ken, you know, in doing research for the show, the only, the only really, until you guys get to Indiana, the only thing that I could find associated with Indiana was Purdue, the poultry, not the university. So tell us, a little, tell, tell us a little bit about how you guys met and uh, how you made your way to the state of Indiana.
2: We, uh, we're actually high school sweethearts um, in Iowa. We grew up in Iowa. We were, uh, both our dads were farmers. And uh, it was a little town, Springville, Iowa, over by Cedar Rapids and Marion. Um, just a little rural country um, city or about a thousand. And I think they counted a lot of the, the dogs and cats to get to that thousand, but they had about a thousand people. And uh, Lori and I, Lori asked me to her uh, um, junior prom. I was a, a year younger than her. And uh, she asked me to her junior prom and it just kind of started from there. And then I always say we went to different colleges together. She went to a uh, co-college where She actually was inducted uh, a year ago into the co-college Hall of Fame for her basketball and softball um, playing days. And uh, I went to Iowa State, and after graduating from Iowa State, we ended up uh, moving to Perry, Iowa, where I started working for Oscar Mayer Lewis Rich, and that's where we had our first son, Luke. And uh, then we moved from there to California— about three and a half years later, we moved to California and we were, we were out there for a little over three years. And in California, we had, uh, Tyler. I worked for Lewis rich out there in the, in the Turkey industry. And then, uh, we always wanted to get back to the Midwest. And so we moved back to Minnesota and in Minnesota, once we got there, uh, Lori got pregnant and we had Cody in Minnesota and, uh, we were only up there for about a year and a half. It was It's cold in Minnesota. And then we moved uh, down to Indiana because I think at that point I was thinking there was a pattern here that we would have a kid in every state, and uh, Lori said, as soon as we moved to Indiana, Lori said, uh, you know what we need to do? Is we just need to get you to a dog, and we've been here about 22 years, so and obviously we're
0: Steve, did you did you play basketball also in high school?
2: I did. I played uh basketball, football, and, and baseball in, in high school. And then I I walked on. I, I made an attempt to walk on for football. Football was my passion. And uh I walked on for at Iowa State. Um didn't last very long, but I was at least tried.
0: Laurie, where did you where did who who introduced you to the game of basketball and how did you fall in love with it?
1: Um, I grew up in a basketball family. Um, I had two brothers that played basketball. Um, my brother, Al Eberhard, played for Norm Stewart at the University of Missouri at Columbia. And then he was drafted by the Detroit Pistons. And um, so I'm about 10 years younger than him. And I grew up in um, a basketball family where we would you know, spend the weekends driving to Missouri to see one of Al's college games. Or after he was in the league, you know, our little town of a thousand people would get a charter bus and we we would bus into Detroit or Milwaukee or Chicago to see one of his NBA games. So um, it was kind of ingrained in me. I I grew up um, being um, passionate about basketball and I was always known as Al Eberhard's little sister, um, even when I played in high school and college. But um, he was kind of our hometown hero, and um, and our boys have always looked up to him, and, and um, the league has changed a lot since he played. But um, it's another part of our family history.
2: And, Billy, it goes back even farther than that. The number 40 that the boys wore was uh, actually come from her dad, and I'll let Lori tell the story on that.
1: Yeah, my dad in high school in 1942... Um, he was a senior, and uh, he, his team won the Nebraska state championship. And so um, he was a state champion wearing number 40. And when it was time for our boys to play high school ball, they all decided they would wear number 40 in honor of Grandpa. And um, fortunately, they were each able to get their own state championship wearing number 40 as well.
0: How old were all the boys at the time that you guys got to Indiana?
1: They were quite young. Um, Luke was between kindergarten and first grade, so he was six. Tyler was three, and Cody was six months old. And, and what did you guys
0: think? Did, did you know about the passion that was Indiana High School basketball in Indiana even before you got here?
2: Yeah, we knew about the, uh, the passion of Indiana basketball, but it actually wasn't what drew us here. We, we came, obviously, for the job to work for Purdue, and that's that's P-E-R-D-U-E, um, the Purdue, Purdue Chicken. Um, and we actually raise turkeys here. But um, I've always said that it, I'm not a smart enough guy to get us to Indiana to be able to, uh, because our boys, if we would have came to Indiana, they would have been goofy-looking seven-foot hockey players in Minnesota. So <laughs> they could have ended up in a lot of different places, but I think the good Lord directed us here.
1: Yeah, and- that you know we came to indiana and we ended up in a town like washington that you know as our boys were growing up we were here a year or two and we we're like hey i wonder if, if washington has you know a good boys basketball team <laughs> and um you know and at, at at that time our girls program was um made a couple of trips to the state tournament and our girls program was really good um so you know our our um our neighboring rivals sometimes say we we moved to Washington. You know, we were recruited because we had tall boys that, you know, they were six, three, and, and six months old. So there was no way we knew they were going to be basketball players.
0: And, and I would imagine that was probably from the Jealous Field Jasper area. <laughs>
1: We don't want to say. <laughs> what,
0: what kind of what? Once once the boys got into basketball, what kind of tools or how did you help support them? And you know, uh, to to into the game of basketball, and and did they all freely really love it?
2: Well, there's there's actually Luke. Luke was very tall in sixth grade. He was over six foot in sixth grade, and entered the seventh grade almost six foot four. And, uh, at the end of his eighth grade, he was already, um, six foot, he was almost six foot seven, six foot eight at the end of his eighth grade. So he was being recruited by, which was a new experience for us, all these AAU teams and everybody was trying to get him on their AAU team. And, uh, we ended up after a lot of research went to, uh, ended up going to Fort Wayne and, Drove him up there it was, uh, quite a few weekends um, and uh, spent the time going through all the different things to be able to uh, just to, to make him better. And then with the other two, um, Tyler did not, he was not a big fan of basketball. Um, he was actually five uh, eleven going into his freshman year, and uh, he got cut from the JV team. Um, and uh, coach didn't didn't think he was good enough to make the JV team. Put him on the freshman team, and uh, he played that year with the freshman team. And, and he'll be the first to admit he wasn't very good, but he grew from five eleven to six foot seven that year, and uh, he all of a sudden just fell in love with it. And I think that's the reason Tyler has such a a will to succeed because. Luke was getting all these accolades about how good he was and, um, you know, Mr. Basketball was being thrown around, McDonald's All-Americans being thrown around, and here was this freshman, his little brother, that everybody basically forgot being the middle child and everything, and they, they overlooked him and said, doesn't Luke have a little brother in sixth grade that's really good in basketball? And uh, so Tyler was the forgotten one, which he still enjoys to this day. He'd rather be forgotten and just go out and show it on the court. And then you've got uh, Cody that came along. And Cody, of course, he's a he's a sports fanatic. He loves all sports. And uh, he would get up. He would set his alarm to be able to get up uh, before school so he could get up five minutes before. He'd just be able to catch five minutes of ESPN and be able to watch the uh, the top ten plays. And he did that every morning. And it was it was a ritual for him to be able to, to get up and see that. So, um We did have them play other sports, you know, when they were younger. Um, I was a catcher, so you can imagine they all outgrew that position. Um, Getting getting behind the plate and uh, making a a swing was a challenge with their head in the way because they were so tall. But um, they played uh, in high school. The younger two, Tyler and uh, Cody, played tennis, and Luke tried cross-country, and cross-country was a challenge for him but I'll I'll give him credit he stuck it out
0: tell us about the personality of the boys how did they get along was there was there you know give us a little bit uh, about them growing up and their personalities
1: the boys um our household was like the typical American household that has three boys that they're trying to raise um it was very rambunctious um at our house everything was a competition um it didn't matter if we were um, eating pizza at night for supper. They would save the crusts of the pizza so they could actually count how many pieces that they had eaten, and have proof of who was going to eat the most pieces. Um, you know, they could they would be skipping rocks across the pond. It would be a competition. Um, you know, even to this day at Christmas, they always want to have a competition: who has the most presents or who could open them the fastest. Like everything is a competition um, between them, but. Growing up their personalities, um, Luke was, you know, first child. He was a leader. Um, Steve always says he was a, um, he was a pioneer. He blazed the trail for the other two. And, um, Luke put a lot of pressure on himself to do really well in school. You know, with all the boys, we just ask that they, you know, give it a hundred percent and do their very best. But, um... Luke had a goal to have a four point in, in school and, and he achieved that, but he, he had to work hard. And so, you know, Luke is, he's very social. He's, um, he's got a great personality. Um, Tyler came along and he was, um, middle child. He was more reserved. Um, he would be perfectly happy to stay in his room all day and build Legos or play with a farm set or build a radio or something like that. Um, I think, um, you know, engineering was always something that, that he was interested in studying. And then, uh, Cody came along and he was, a you know, the youngest. He was real laid back. Um, he still to this day, he just enjoys life. He's a prankster. Um, but Cody would always be found at home growing up with a ball in his hand. It, it didn't matter if it was a, a basketball, a soccer ball, a football, um, We had a soccer ball kicked through the middle of our Christmas tree one year that um, didn't do very well. We had some lamps broken, but um, our house was um, very busy, a bustling house, um, and running kids to, you know, all their events, but um, today we describe the three boys' personalities. Um, If they all went to an event where there's 100 people in the room, Luke would come into that room and meet everybody in the room, shake hands with them, and he would learn a little bit about each one of them. He's very social. He would make his way around and um, make everybody feel at home. Uh, If Tyler went to that same event with 100 people, he would be cordial to everyone, but he would pick out two or three people that he really wanted to spend time with and get to know them in depth. So, um, you know, he's more uh, quiet, more personal um, with that. And then if Cody went to that same event um, with uh, those 100 people, before the evening was over, he would have played a practical joke on each one of those people in the room. So (laughs) that's just kind of how their personalities are different
0: as parents did it take a toll on you did you know what you were really getting into with all this uh, did you feel like you were uh, spreading yourself pretty thin how how did you how did you get them to everything and uh, still be a cohesive family
1: it is a, it is a challenge um we can relate to parents who um you know have a, have a couple of kids that they have you know busy in events and stuff and For us, it was kind of divide and conquer. Um, There were times where, you know, Luke would play a game on a weekend in Fort Wayne, but Tyler would be in Louisville. And so, you know, we're going to opposite ends, um, opposite directions. And so, a lot of times, um, you know, Steve would take Luke one direction, I would take Tyler the other, and um, Cody would tag along. And then, you know, it eventually became Cody's turn. But, um, you know, sometimes we would have to send them with their coach um, you know, and they would they would go without a parent. That we tried to, um, you know, we tried to get to to all their events, or you know, um, with two of us and three of them. Sometimes we just did the best that we could.
0: How did you guys handle the recruiting process? And I'm sure you're you probably needed a uh, rotating door for people coming in and out of your house.
1: Okay.
2: Yeah, the recruiting process itself. The first thing I'll say is that. I think everybody that we dealt with um, was very professional and, and handled themselves very well. Um, but probably the uh, the thing that we really learned, and once again, Luke was that pioneer, we learned that instead of letting the recruiting process control you, you have to control it. You have to uh, make sure that you're doing the things that, that you need to do rather than trying to um, accommodate every coach that, that made a phone call to us. So, With Luke, we ran him all over. Um, we took him on weekends and, and different things to go just do unofficial visits, which I still highly recommend to kids that uh, train with us that they do take them to an unofficial visit because it one, it acclimates the kid to college, lets him see what college is and what college campus is, and then It also teaches them social skills because they've got to talk to the professors and talk to the administrators and and different things. So, but we got uh, Luke was looking at every letter and opening every letter that came in, and he'd get shoot, I don't know how many, but there would be some days he'd get 20 or 30 letters in the mail, and uh, he'd open them all and read every one of them. And by the time Cody came around, those letters, most of them are still unopened. Um, he just put them, tucked them away, and he was. It wasn't that big of an event um, for him to get letters. So each boy learned from the other one, and Lori and I learned from each process. And we got to the point, especially with uh, the second two, we enjoyed the process. Uh, we enjoyed it a lot because you got to go and see games. You got to go and and visit people. You made. We still have really good friends that they didn't end up going to that college, but we still have very good friends that we know that we met when they were being recruited at that college. So um, if I had to give a recommendation to a parent that was going through, it would definitely be one, enjoy the ride. And two, you control the process. Don't let that process control you.
0: When the boys were little, did they, did all three of them, did they, I'm sure all three were different, but did they have a special team that they rooted for when they watched college basketball or did they have a, you know, uh, you know, did they have a favorite team?
2: You know, I think the, once again, me being football, football was what we watched the most and we all love Notre Dame football. Um, we always watched, uh, Notre Dame football and, and, uh, But as far as basketball, yeah, we just, we watched, you know, with, with Indiana being here, living in Indiana, we, we cheered for Indiana. Um, I always cheered for Iowa state whenever they were on, on TV and the, uh, NBA, you know, it was always the Chicago bulls with, with Michael Jordan and we watched it. And then the Pacers, we went to a few Pacer games when the boys were younger. And, uh, so they fell in love with the Pacers and, to be honest with you. Don't don't tell anybody else this, but they still like the Pacers. They still like uh, Indiana and being able to uh, to go up and in. They love it when they go and play um, there because there's so much history for them. Winning the the state championships there.
0: You know, three Indiana Mister Basketballs in one family. You know, you guys have been coined the uh, first family of Indiana basketball. What uh, take us through each of the awards and you know. Uh, the feeling that your child just got Indiana Mr. Basketball was at a point in time, too. I know a lot of uh, the people that I interview will say that they couldn't tell anybody for a little while. Was that the same case for for your kids?
1: Uh, Yeah, that was. um, The way the Indianapolis Star does the award is, um, you know, the coaches and media who have a vote send their ballots in, and then um, there's a period where they know who the recipient is, but it is not yet released uh, to the public. So, with each of our boys, we got that phone call um, that they had been selected, Mr. Basketball, but, you know, sworn to secrecy. But in the meantime, uh, they need you to get to Indianapolis to do a photo shoot so that when they do release it, um, it can um, be printed in the paper. So, um, it was a thrill for all of us to steal away to Indianapolis and not tell anybody where we were going. But um, to get there and have the photographers and the videographers there, and have the number one jersey that they could put on for the first time, and uh, to just think what a tremendous award it was, and uh, to represent the state of Indiana, so it was a tremendous honor. It'll some be something that they they always uh, carry with them.
0: Occasionally, do you guys just sit and think about just you know that that's just that's. That's just amazing, three Indiana Mr. Basketballs. I mean, I, I, you've got to be very proud.
1: Yeah, we obviously are are proud. Um, you know, as any parent would be proud of their kids for whatever, you know, achievement that they had set their, their goal as and, and to get that. But um, when, when Tyler and Luke had already been selected Mr. Basketball, um, Cody was the only one here at home and um, still going to high school. And every day um, – We would drive to school, and our city had put up this sign as you enter Washington. um, And it said, you know, welcome to Washington, home of Mr. Basketball's uh, Steve Bushey, 1979, Luke Zeller, 2005, Tyler Zeller, 2008. And then there was this big blank spot at the bottom of this sign and obviously waiting to see if Cody's name would be added to that and Cody and I had to drive by that darn sign every day and you know we we kind of ignored it for a long time and and then finally one day you know driving to school i was like Cody that sign you know what what if your name never goes on that sign what if what if you aren't mr basketball what happens if that 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 never happens and, you know, I loved his answer. He said, you know, there's nothing I can do to control the voting on that award. It's voted on by the coaches and the media. And he said, the only thing I can do is go out and play hard every day. And he said, then we just have to wait and see what happens. So, um, you know, Cody's always had a lot of expectations on himself, but um, put on by other people, but he never put any um, pressure on himself. He. He just handled it all really well and um, just let things come as they did. How did
0: you keep all three level-headed going through all this?
2: I think the, the thing that we did is we, first off, the house, um, when we were in the home, the home was kind of a uh, a safe haven. So we didn't talk about recruiting. We didn't talk about um you know, the, the expectations and things when we were in the, the home here, because they heard about it. Everybody they ran into would talk up to them and want to find out, you know, what they were doing, where they were going, what their thoughts were. And, and so we didn't talk about it here. And then I think the other thing is, is we are such a competitive family. Um, it's tough not to remain humble when you're getting beat at something all the time. And, and, I think that's where it uh, helps to be able to um, just ended up doing a a talk the other day. And and one of the players asked the question, what would have happened if one of the boys would have gotten hurt and they never played basketball again? And I said, well, it almost happened with Tyler. He got hurt in the second game his freshman year. He scored 18 points in the first game of his freshman year at North Carolina and then turned around and, and got hurt in the second game and busted his wrist. And he has several screws and two plates still in his wrist. And he was interviewed out in Hawaii, and they asked him, said, Hey, we've, we've been told that this could be a career-ending injury. Says, what will you do? What, what's going to happen? And, and Tyler didn't even hesitate. He just said, well, that just means I'm going to be successful at something other than basketball, and that's kind of the uh, the way they've always been. Um, they realize there's a bigger picture out there. They realize that uh, they use basketball. Basketball doesn't use them, and we're very proud of how they've handled that whole thing.
0: Did you raise the boys in church?
2: Absolutely. We went to a uh, a little. Church in uh, Washington here, Good Shepherd Lutheran Church. Um, Lori and I raise the boys Lutheran, but uh, give them the opportunities to be able to make decisions on their own as far as where they want to go. And one of the things that uh, a lot of parents ask is, "How did you handle Sundays?" Because you guys are very faithful and in, in, in your religion, and we uh, we always answer that by it's just. You know, God definitely come into our lives and and worked with us because Luke took it upon himself. Just uh, as a, we traveled back and forth. You know, it's four hours up to Fort Wayne, and and uh, we're traveling back and forth there. And, and Luke had decided that he was going to study the Bible, and that's what we were going to talk about going up and coming back. And he also did little church services and. Then he started going to our Christian church, uh, Antioch Christian Church here in Washington. So he'd go to Good Shepherd Lutheran in the Sunday morning, and then right after he'd get done with that service, he would head over to um, Antioch and and go to their church. So we were always open discussion about religion. Um, Neither Lori nor I wanted to say, hey, you've got to follow every single rule here as long as it was biblical. And... And they could show that it was biblical, and, and we made them do that. Um, we made them get into the Bible and figure out. And all three of them, um, very proud that they still go to churches, belong to churches, and uh, they are—they uh, help, you know, with the uh, bringing people closer to uh, the Lord every day.
0: How hard was it for Tyler to make the decision to go play basketball, basketball outside of the state of Indiana?
1: It was a really tough decision. Um, you know, at, after Luke's um, recruitment, um, and especially the schools that missed out on Luke, they um, really heated up going after Tyler. And, and um, Tyler ended up listing a Final Four when he narrowed his choices down. And his final four included three schools in the state and then one outside of the state, which was obviously North Carolina. So, um, you know, a lot of people thought he would stay in state. Um, but when when Tyler went to his official visit in North Carolina, and this is something that's in our book, when um, Stephen had heart surgery and he was recuperating and we were not able to go on the official visit um, when he flew out to North Carolina, but putting our our son on a plane and seeing him uh, fly away to a, a visit was was pretty sad for mom because um, you know I realized how far away it was and that um, this was becoming more and more of a reality. But when we picked up Tyler after the weekend at the airport and he got off the plane um it was just something i guess as a mom that i could tell but by the look on his face i knew that he was going to north carolina he um there was just everything about it was perfect he was he had such a great experience out there and we really had to trust that um because you know we as i said we weren't along on the trip but we really had to trust that um you know he he was making the right decision but Um, you know, before his press conference, when he was making that final decision, he was kind of talking through the schools and just trying, we didn't know if he could pull the trigger and actually do it and actually go that far away. And, and, um, you know, the all Americans that they get in every year and the, um, you know, the McDonald's players and everything. Um, it was, it was, uh a journey for Tyler to decide that he was good enough to play at that caliber of school. And, um, once he made the decision, he was, um, he was, he was relieved and he was very excited and, and it was just, I can't say enough about their program. It was a perfect, perfect choice for him.
0: Did he find it an obstacle? I know I've talked to a lot of players who are legends in the game of high school basketball in Indiana, and they talked about how, you know, it was it was rough because they would get a lot of mail, you know, uh, even hatred mail about going outside the state of Indiana.
1: You know, um, he didn't get a lot of that. Um, and if he did, um, you know, we, we knew enough not to listen to it because um, – you know some people some people have an opinion on that but you have to take it for what it's worth it's just their opinion and um you know North Carolina ended up being such a perfect fit for Tyler and um turning him over to coach Williams and and you know the program that they have um we were we were thrilled that that he went there
0: what was it like for you guys to travel to these schools and travel to their games and watch their games?
2: It was exciting. It was a uh, a lot of fun. We uh, would be able to get to go, and, and uh, each school, um, you know, Notre Dame, North Carolina, and Indiana, each have their own traditions, each have their own little, uh, you know, the – the coaches, the players, how they're, how they're treated, how they're, um, it's all a little bit different in each one. And there's obviously pluses and minuses to each school. And so we got to experience all that. And, you know, we've, we've said so many times that we're so blessed because there's a lot of parents that get to experience it once. We got to experience it three times. And, uh, yeah, it was a a challenge because there were certain times where, we would be going trying to, trying to either drive or, or fly into North Carolina and trying to watch uh, Notre Dame play on TV at some um, airport or trying to find somewhere to watch them and then uh, be able to also listen on the radio to hear the hatchets with Cody playing back here. But you know what? I, I tell everybody. They always say, "Well, that was a lot of problem." And I said, "It's a great problem to have because it was so much fun."
0: <laughs> in all of your travels to all the games, were there people that you met that you're like, you know what? I don't think I would have ever met this, and went for the three boys. Met this person if it wasn't for the three boys.
2: A lot of people. A lot of people, and, and we still to this day have so many people that uh, we we stay in touch with because of that. But. Um, yeah, we wouldn't have met even close to the amount of people that we'd met if it wasn't for all the things that basketball brought the boys.
0: Now, you know, uh, Cody is known as the person who's brought back Indiana University basketball. What was the pros- recruiting process with uh, Coach Crean, and and uh, how did he enjoy his stay at Indiana University?
2: The, uh, the process with Coach Crean was good. Um... We had uh, Cody went through, and of course he was already experienced having watched his brothers go through it, but we also kept emphasizing to him, Cody, this is your experience. It's not your brother's. So you've got to experience this whole thing as well. And uh, so he went through the the recruiting process in in the same way, and um, he was able to, once again, get to know the colleges even deeper than Tyler did because the sheer fact that he knew the ins and outs of being able to get there. Um, coach cream and the whole coaching staff did a great job of, of coming in recruiting. And, uh, they, uh, they asked, a. I I guess what we had respect for them for was they asked a lot of questions, um, rather than just telling us they're going to do this and that they asked, they asked a lot of questions and those questions, uh, were not only about t- Cody was, uh, not just driven by basketball. He he loved the fact that Coach Crean had all the connections with football as well. So they talked a lot about football. They talked a lot about um, the new dorms that were going up. They talked about just a lot of different things rather than um, just the normal, you know, we're going to have you run. We're going to be in this position, and you're going to run these plays, and we're going to run these plays for you, and we expect you to be here. And they they didn't do um, all of that. So I think that, that left an impression on Cody as well, but there was a lot of pressure. Um, and once again, Cody handled it real well. Like Lori explained with the Mr. Basketball going into Indiana, because he's, he would emphasize over and over. I'm not a savior. Um, there's only one savior and, and I'm not him. And uh, coming into ba- Indiana basketball, he, he really liked the players and that's probably one of the things that drew him there. And to this day, they're still very close. All those players that he played with there, he was very close to. And so it was a great experience. Um, he still loves to come back and just spend time on on campus because of the great memories that he had. And um, I was with Coach Green earlier this week, and, and he refreshed my memory, that, which I'd kind of forgotten because Cody kind of just blew over it. but. Cody really had an opportunity to leave Indiana after his freshman year, but he never really even considered it. Um, he never even really thought twice about it. And uh, you know, after his, his sophomore year, it was still a tough choice for him to leave Indiana because he loved being a college student. He just loved being um, at Bloomington.
0: Did you guys have to build or uh, make a special room for all the accolades and awards that the boys have?
1: <laughs> no, no. Their bedroom is kind of decorated in the theme of their college, but most of their wards are um, in a safety deposit box. They're not here anymore. So uh, someday they'll mean more to them than, um, you know, once they get a little bit older, but um, they're there waiting for them. And um, I know that they'll be, when they get a place of their own, maybe they can display them somewhere.
0: Do you guys also travel the uh, the NBA route too, like you did with the colleges?
1: We try to get to their NBA cities, um, which for Tyler is Boston and Cody is Charlotte. We try to get there once a month. And um, because the NBA teams play so many games a season, um, you know, we can go in and stay for three days and see two or three games during those three days. So, um, And then obviously we go um, to the venues when they play each other. Uh, which is a whole nother, um adventure. <laughs> and then we um, we always go when they play close by, which a close away game for us is, you know, going to Indianapolis and seeing them play the Pacers.
0: So when did the light bulb go off on either one of your heads and you decide to do a book? Tell us about that thought process.
1: <laughs> we had had several people approach us, um, you know, and say, wow, you know, with the, the um, kind of people that your boys are on and off the court. You really need to write a book. And, and um, we finally, you know, we've kind of had considered it, and we've interviewed some authors, um, some ghostwriters. We just couldn't find that, that person that we really connected with. And um, actually through Luke, he knew a gentleman, uh, Stephen Copeland, who um, worked for Sports Spectrum Christian magazine, and, um, we had spoken with him and, um, and Stephen became, Stephen is just a young, fresh writer that put, we interviewed with him many hours, um, and it was just an, another God thing where, you know, Stephen's originally from the Indianapolis area, but yet he lives in Charlotte. And so we could work with him when we were, um, in Charlotte visiting Cody. Or if he came here to see family, we could uh, work with him in Indiana. So it was just a perfect fit for us, and um, we interviewed with him. Um, and he recorded um, after recording all the interviews and stuff. We did, we were just really pleased with the way that he worded the stories, the same way that we would have conveyed them. And so we just were a perfect um, a perfect that and um, we're really proud of the book. How
0: long was the process and did it get, uh, did it give you headaches at times?
1: It it took us about a year and it was just enjoyable. It it was never uh, stressful. It it was never a headache. Um, You know, I think we like all parents, it's easy to talk about your kids and to reminisce and um, you know, some of the stories and uh, probably my favorite part of the process is when Stephen had the manuscript done, you know, we said, hey, we probably better let our boys read this because we're telling stories on them. Uh-huh. And, you know, the people in the nation are going to be reading stories of Cody wetting the bed. <laughs> and, so, um, and so we sent it to each of the boys, and Cody was the first one to send it back. And, you know, as we've discussed, Cody is the prankster and um, the jokester of the family. And Cody sent it back, and he had written all these little sarcastic comments in the margins, and um, right away the publisher said, oh, my goodness, you have to include these in the book. And so we had Luke and Tyler do the same thing. So the book, as you're reading through a story, um, you'll see the version of how Steve and I thought something happened, and then you'll get Tyler, Luke, or Cody's little... um, little comments on what really happened. So it's really by all five of us, and um, I think that's what makes it unique uh, to any other book that's out there.
0: How long has the book been out, and where can people get a copy? And if I understand it correctly, you can also, if they're still available, get an autographed copy.
1: Yeah, um, we released the book in April during the Final Four, which was um, in Indianapolis, so we had some book signings and stuff in April. And um, since then, we've been doing some speaking engagements and book signings, and um, it's really been a lot of fun. It has connected us with uh, people that we have crossed paths with in the past. But um, we have a website, zellerbook.com, and um, we have a limited amount of autographed copies, which these are copies that are actually signed by all five of us. Um, it's not a photocopy. It's not a rubber stamp. But um, these copies have been um, to – Luke has signed them, they've been to Boston for Tyler to sign, they've been to Charlotte for Cody to sign, and Steve and I have signed them. So, they're original signatures of all of our boys as well as Steve and I. Um, So, we have some limited editions of those. And then we also have the regular hardback copy um, available on that website, too.
0: And if I'm not mistaken, the uh, autograph one's only 39 bucks, which is a steal for all those signatures.
1: Yeah, yes, yeah, it's, it's 39.95, and 95 um, and you get it within a week. Um, they have those ready to go, and so um, it's a really nice uh, collector's uh, collector's edition and something we're really proud of.
0: How have the boys been able to handle, you know how you hear about all these sports figures and how they go broke? Uh, the boys have a pretty good financial level head on themselves
2: they do um, we're very proud of how they handle things and you know we've got uh, the a great example is uh, when Cody got his car he got a uh, a dodge charger and the the guys were saying hey when I say the guys his teammates were saying hey you need to buy something better than that and Cody said I, it's all I need. Um, I've driven a charger before and I like chargers and that's just what uh, what I'm gonna drive. And that's the way they've been all the way through. They've uh, they're both renting um, and uh, they're just waiting to pick out a, a place down the road. but uh, they know that they've heard all the stories and they've been around other players and they realize that, the financial end of it is important, and they know it's a small window, and they know what they make today. They're going to have to live off for a long time. So, they've uh, they've done a great job. Both um, Lori and I are very proud of them on how they've handled that whole thing.
0: Do all the boys give back? Do they uh, have basketball camps and uh, help little ones uh, uh, achieve uh, uh, playing basketball?
1: Yeah, actually, our family has a nonprofit organization called Distinction. Um, Distinction is spelled a little differently. It's D-I-S-T-I-N-X-I-O-N and um, the website for that is distinction.org. But um, this was Luke's um, business project when he went to Notre Dame. He majored in entrepreneurship and he always wanted to have a basketball camp that taught character training and uh, that is what Distinction is. And um, so, Today, um, we've been incorporated for about five years, and, um, Luke runs basketball camps throughout the state. Um, he's done some inner-city camps. He's done overnight camps. Um, um, we've been out to Chapel Hill and done a camp out in North Carolina. We did one in Cleveland when Tyler was there. But predominantly, our camps are in, um, Indiana, and, um, it's just a great way, um, that Luke is giving back um, when Tyler and Cody are are back in the state, you know they'll attend a camp and help out as well, and um, it's just a great way that Luke can give back and and um, it's his mission to you know help the youth that are that are coming up and um, teaching them character training as well as basketball.
0: You know, with how successful the family has been, do you guys still get together for Thanksgiving, get together for Christmas, and you make make sure that everybody is at the house?
1: No. Unfortunately, basketball season happens during Thanksgiving and <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> and it's nothing uh, for the NBA players to have a game on those days. So um, we uh, we don't get together for the holidays. Um, more likely it will be in the summer. Um, Tyler got married a year ago, um, and so, of course, we were all together last summer for that. Um, this summer, we were able to get together once, um, but it's usually once a year. Um, you know, we, see, we all see each other, but to have all five of us and spouses together, um, that's kind of a rarity.
0: Besides being authors, what do Steve and Lori Zeller do today?
1: Uh, Steve and I are actually involved in Distinction as well, and we have a training program that we run out of Washington. Um, We have a gym here that's inside one of the churches, and um, we're training basketball players um, to be great people on and off the court. So um, we have one-hour sessions where kids come in and train, and um, we do character training as well as, you know, work on their basketball skills. and. Um, we've both left our day job and taken a leap of faith, but, um, you know, it's really gratifying to work with our youth, um, to be connected with them in this way, and, um, we love what we do. We absolutely love it.
2: The other thing we do is we do a lot of, uh, we do speaking occasions, um, speaking events, I'm sorry, speaking events, and we'll go out and, uh, we will do talks for, um, Leadership talks is something that that I enjoy, and obviously Lori does from the the passion end of it. She will do talks with, uh, as far as people that are in communities and in different things. So we we like to share um, what we've learned and how we do it, how we did it, and uh, not that we're perfect by any means, but... It's just a uh, – hopefully it generates ideas in people's heads as far as gets them thinking in the, in, the direction, in a direction.
0: Give us the website once again for the book and also for the uh, Mark of Distinction, just in case somebody wants to uh, donate or, and also go to your website for your book.
1: Yeah, um, the book is bellerbook.com, and um, you can just go there and order online. And then um, for distinction, um, our nonprofit organization is dot org. and um, there's information about... We have just finished up our summer uh, camp, but there's also training information on there year-round and um, speaking engagements as well as um, ways that you can get involved uh, by volunteering or donating.
0: Luke Tyler and Cody raising boys the Zeller way. Thank you guys. I feel like you I feel like I was a recruiter and you opened the door and let me uh, spend a little time in your home. I thank you so much. I think everybody's going to really thoroughly enjoy this.
1: Oh, thank you. It's been an honor to speak with you.
0: Thank you very much, guys.
2: Have a great day. You too.